And welcome back to Four Favorites, the last episode of this animation season. And today we are joined by my co-host of the Quiet Unset podcast, Lachlan Teeley. What's up, my That's man? That's me. Hello. Yeah. We flipped it. I started this season. I'm finishing this yes. season. Last season, exactly. I started. You. Oh, look at us go. How, how, <laughs> look at how, us how explaining is the season, stuff. Ewan? You, you do all the work for this one. I take a seat on yeah. this one. I'm doing other stuff in the background. But what was, what was the season like, Ewan? Give me some highlights. Just getting to meet more people who work in the same space as we do. I got to chat with the artistic director of a festival uh, that I really like, the Zurich Film Festival. Got to chat with some people who also do film podcasts. Uh, we had returning guests that are really fun. We had some new guests on. And as we look onto the next seasons, I'm just hopeful and looking forward to inviting even more guests back on the show. So for me, it's just like, you know, getting to hear from uh, a lot of people who are as passionate as I am about film, about their favorite films. It's just a the, pleasure. The really overall. unfortunate thing about me finishing off this season is that I'm pretty sure from all the episodes that I've watched, every single one of my selected films has been said before. They have been mentioned. Uh, they have they been, have been mentioned, not, at least yes. in honorable mentions. But they've also been picks before. There's a yes. lot of overlap in animation, which just, a lot. I guess, means that there's a kind of streamlined canon when it comes to uh, what is regarded as the best animated films. But we also had some deep cuts, uh, especially in your honorable mentions. We had some strange choices as well. That's why I also would like to expand the cast of people we get to invite and guests each season because you just get more representation and more picks. Yeah. Uh, some deep cuts as well. But... Lachlan, I think with, with you, we got a pretty uh, solid list that I would put my name next to uh, any day of the week. Uh, it could just as well be my list, um, but uh, I also saw but yours and adjusted mine list. a bit. <laughs> no, it's mine now. I'm you, taking over. Yes. It's, it's, it's my list. <laughs> Do you want to get into your list? Let's kick it off. By with, all uh, means. Should we, get, should we get through the ones that couldn't make it? Because uh, oh yeah, sorry, films... sorry, taking away no, your no, honorable okay. mentions. Yeah, that's fine. You didn't want to mention my honorable mentions. That's okay. Because you don't know what my honorable sorry. mentions are. Uh, I, this I is actually no a shocker to you. Uh, yeah. So there's there's a, a number of films that I hold close to me because animations. You, you watch it a lot as a child. You watch a lot of animation movies as a child, and when you get older, you watch them yep. again. You go, ah, oh, this is not as good. And there are two films that I have very close to my heart when I was younger. And that was Atlantis, The Lost Empire, and Treasure mm -hmm. Planet. They came out in 2000, 2001 and 2002, respectively. Both were, I guess, you know, not critically acclaimed animated movies. They have a rating of Metacritic yeah. scores of 52 and 60, respectively. But for me, I watched them both when I was younger, and I just absolutely loved them. And there's still a place in my heart that I do enjoy them. Uh, I always mm -hmm. am scared of the day that Disney is going to make a live uh, adaptation, live action adaptation of these films that is yeah. uh, kind of scary to me because I really do like them so much as animated films. But Atlantis and Treasure Planet both have some really awesome, I guess, production design or I guess I just I visual ideas that would be awesome to see on the big screen, especially in live action. I'd love to see a live action Treasure Planet. Um, I think the mm -hmm. whole space thing would look absolutely ridiculous but other than that isle of dogs from wes anderson is one of my mm. more recent animated films that i fell in love with but i've just be, always been a wes anderson fan and i thought it was wicked but my two other honorable mentions just because 
they're just because of the meme value. B-Movie and Shrek 2. Absolutely cannot <laughs> thank B-Movie and Shrek 2 for creating the memes that they did on the internet. So that's why they are yeah. also on the honorable mentions. But they're not on my top four. They're not on my top four. Let's, let's, let's get started with the actual, my four favorite Yes. I mean, Shrek 2 did make it onto someone's list, I think, on... It's Christian a great Lennon's choice list. because Shrek 1 is not as good as Shrek 2. Shrek 2 is the better yeah. Shrek film. That is a fact that is going... I will tattoo, I will put that on my grave. I'll put that on my gravestone. Here right. lies Lockheed I'll tell you Teal, right now. Proof. The man who said that Shrek 2 is better than Shrek 1. I am, I'm always going to say that. That's a fact. I also <laughs> just saw the recent Puss in Boots uh, film, which I guess we'll talk about the main show uh, on the main show. So go check that out. Number one. Number one. Akira. From 1988. You made me watch a... this. 1988. Yes, I did. Era. Oh my God. There's a clip, actually. <laughs> there's a whole clip. I played it. Yeah, our next Roll It Again Film Club movie will be Akira from 1988. Lachlan, uh, I remember that I gave you uh, this movie early on in one of our film raffles. So I'm, I'm keen to like three months talk before. about that one um, in a few weeks. And mm. yeah, do you have anything to say? Sorry, I kind of cut you off there. No, no, I don't. Okay. Because I don't know if I told you I never watched it. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's <laughs> uh, 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 be awkward if I tell you on air, but you and I never. Hang on, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna walk away. I'm gonna stand over here. And you motherfucker! Oh, that's actually so fucking. You I didn't watch your roll that again raffle or oh, fucking raffle thing. I'm sorry. I wanna hide. I'm sorry. I... You bitch. I'm so sorry. <laughs> There's a whole clip where you yeah. told me I had to watch this film and I never watched yeah. it. <laughs> you were like, did you watch this? And I was like, I thought I you had watched, watched it. it. I, yeah, you thought yeah. I did, but I never watched it. Um, wait. Oh, wait. It's, it's, it's a pity that the people don't have the angle that I have, but I just got like a nice. I forget. I forget that. I, I forget sometimes my Blu-ray collection is in alphabetical order. So I'm just like skimming through yeah. it. I'm like, where is it? Oh, wait, it's a cure. It's right at the top. I've got the 4K. That's what made me watch mm. it is essentially a, a, a nice 4K. Uh, I guess it was like the whatever anniversary edition uh, came out in, in a 4K. And I grabbed the 4K DVD and watched it. And my God, I was blown away. It was just one of the most incredible sci-fi films. And I'm not going to call it an animation film, but sci-fi films that I've ever seen. It was just yep. some absolutely incredible cyberpunk themes you know sort of end of the world doomsday themes with uh atomic annihilation it it, it was just absolutely spectacular i i could yeah. not i i literally watched it and then i put it down went to sleep and i sort of like skipping through scenes the next day i was just shocked by how this film from 88 this animated film mm -hmm. from 88 was holding up and it was wicked so i'm gonna put this the, the 4k down now um it was wicked i absolutely i loved this film um because i was just so shocked by it i didn't know anything about it went in knowing nothing and came out with going wow this is awesome and then you know reading mm -hmm. up on it because i really didn't know much about it i just found this whole community of people who absolutely adore this film uh it yeah. is just a cult classic and i don't even think it's a mm -hmm. cult classic because i think it was popular from when it released as well um yeah yeah and and now it's obviously cult classic in the sense that they are doing moments from this film in other films, like the Akira slide in Nope from this year. They that people reference yeah. this film in their films. It's that much ingrained in film knowledge and film history. And I'm shocked that I only watched it a few 
years ago, not even, I think I watched it last year. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't come across it because I've been such a big anime, uh, anime guy, uh, animation mm-hmm. guy. I've, I've always enjoyed anime watching guy. these. I'm not an anime guy. Confirm? I'm not an anime guy. I'm okay. not going to say that. We don't have an, an anime, anime guy on the podcast. There's no anime guy on the podcast right now. No. Um, I've watched anime in the past, but like, you know, yeah. this was just something a whole different. Uh, yeah. And that was so exciting. It was just this really awesome story. And, you know, it's kind of hard to follow the first watch. So when I did my rewatch um, a few months later, uh, it, it all kind of came together the second rewatch. And I went, oh, okay, there's the story. But man, Akira. So you watched it on your Adobe Atmos 4K surround sound system with heated bubbles that bring up uh, the scent that you want out of. Uh, how did you How did you experience Akira? I've uh, got the the 4K Adobe still there. Adobe uh, all on there. It was wicked. It, 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 yeah, that's that's how I watched it. Now that's a great thing about these animated films when they are. Uh, just from hand-drawn animation, it's crazy the amount of detail that goes into Akira. Oh, it's wicked. But it doesn't get dated. It just gets, you know, more detailed if you get a really great print of it that still exists somewhere. Uh, so, yeah, definitely worth to check out uh, Speaking those of really high-quality uh, hand-drawn animation and how you can get yes. those little tiny details. My choice number two comes from mm-hmm. Hayao Miyazaki himself, Princess Mononoke from 97, Princess Mononoke. Now, there is just a very small story with Princess Mononoke and why it's on my list because there is so many Studio Ghibli films that can be on people's list. They are yeah. one of the best animation companies on the planet uh, in the sense that almost every single one of their films is iconic. And every single one of Hayao Miyazaki's films are also iconic. But mm. I watched all of their films when I was a little bit older. I did not watch any of their films when I was younger. So for me, yeah. the childish nature that some of these films had was just not for me. Going back, some of them have some quite you know dark themes, especially in like Spirited Away, but mm. none so as much as Princess Mononoke. And I think that's what made me fall in love with it was how dark it was in comparison to the other Studio Ghibli films that I have watched. Totoro. I watched Spirited Away before I watched Princess Mononoke. You know, Spirited Away, everyone's seen, but I didn't come across mm-hmm. Princess Mononoke until it was kind of like the last Studio Ghibli film that I watched out of their entire filmography when I was sitting down and watching them all. But there was just something about it. It was this fascination with, you know, demons and the spirits of the forest and humans destroying the forest for mining. It was just all of these themes that I, I kind of do respect and understand and you loved an what avatar. they're trying to show. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, but yeah, Princess Mononoke was just, just something different when I watched it compared to the other Ghibli films. And that's why I like it more than any of the other Studio Ghibli films. I don't yeah. really uh I don't really know what else to say about it because for me, you know, I, I obviously I've watched both the English dubbing and the original uh voice work and right. it's probably one of the best adapted dubbings that I've ever got to listen to. Um mm-hmm. mainly I think because Neil Gaiman worked on the dubbing and he's a phenomenal writer uh, as it yeah. is, but 
I will still always watch it in the original voice work. And it's the same with any of the, the two films I've talked about so far is that the original uh, voice actors are the better way to watch these two animated films. Yeah. But Hayao Miyazaki is a god. And honestly, if I was a bit younger, I could probably say that any of the one of his films that he's made you know, could have taken this spot. I really think yeah. that Howl's Moving Castle is probably one of my second favorite. I would put Spirited Away third. Funnily enough, I really like Princess Mononoke, Howl's Moving Castle, then Spirited Away. If I have to mm-hmm. rate those three films, which are kind of my three favorite Ghibli films, Princess Mononoke is sick. I love it. It is amazing. Ayao Miyazaki might be in my top three uh, favorite filmmakers of all time. I, I adore him that much with all of his themes. That He has some recurring stuff about flying, about nature. And it never feels like a repeated beat in a sense. And that's Mm. incredible to keep it fresh, to keep these uh, stories unique and make them incredibly interesting and fun for young and old. I also caught this when I was older. And yeah, beautiful steelbook as well, right? The artwork. Beautiful steelbook. Oh my God. Um, Incredible steelbook that I've got. Uh, I don't think I've got either of the next two films on 4K at this current point in time, but I think I might do it this week now that I think of it. <laughs> oh, okay. Slight spoiler alert. They're both from 2009, if you can guess. Yes. It, but, if I, uh, can, if I can get either of these films on 4K, that is. I don't think they are out on 4K, but I have to find out. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know about especially the second one for the... Well, let's, let's get into it. <laughs> Another fantastical film um, with some animals in it <laughs> is a film that we both adore. Uh, you mentioned one of the films previously from the filmmaker, Isle of Dogs. But now we're talking about Fantastic Mr. Fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh, based off of a Ronald Dahl book uh, that I read when I was younger. This was an awesome adaptation. There was just, oh God, it was gorgeous. Uh, I think this was the first Wes Anderson film that I ever watched. And oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And I went, wow, because, mm-hmm. you know, I was nine when <laughs> yes. this film came out. It's Owen Wilson uh, so I was like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is pretty. Um, and then later on discovered Wes Anderson's style uh, and mm-hmm. Wes Anderson himself, I should say. I discovered his film work and fell in love with him. And this was kind of like my introduction to my own filmmaking style, I guess, because I've got a very yeah. heavy inspiration from Wes Anderson for my own stuff that I made when you and I were at film school together. <laughs> uh yes but from the posters to the framing to everything oh god uh, really an homage a lot of times to wes anderson i yeah Yeah. but i I, god i just everything about this film was just so good because you've got this incredible set of actors in an animated film you have george Clooney, you have meryl streep you have bill murray you have uh michael gammon you've got willem dafoe you have uh owen wilson uh, you even have Wes Anderson himself playing a character. You just have all of these voice yeah. actors playing these characters. It's just insane that you have all of these people in this film and mm-hmm. they all do an incredible yeah. job. Uh, it's iconic. It's funny as hell. It can be dark. It can be very dark at times. Um, yeah. But it's also, you know, one of the best sort of stop motion animated films that I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. Not the best i would say the next one would probably okay. be the best stop motion do you want to tie movie it I've over seen. i will tie okay. it over um but yes, just quickly we'll do it. 
Uh, Coraline is my last pick. Coraline by Henry Selick, also from 2009. I feel yeah. like this is going to be a, a common pick for most people because it was a yeah. crazy film when it mm-hmm. came out because it was terrifying. It was freaking yeah. terrifying. So the funny story I have with Coraline is that uh, in Western Australia, uh, one of our football teams uh, would have like this membership thing when I was younger. And I was part of the membership group because my grandmother would take us to the, the footy. And mm-hmm. uh, one year they were like, hey, we're going to take you know the kids to the cinema. Here we go. And the movie was Coraline. <laughs> And it terrified a bunch of kids. Um, yeah. and, and that's my memory of Coraline. That's the first time I saw Coraline was like a, as like a member screening for the footy club uh, for the games that I went to. And right. that's my experience to Coraline. That's how I got introduced to mm-hmm. it. And many years later, I went back and watched it again. And I was struck with how gorgeous the animation was because it was yeah. almost like a, like the lighting probably the biggest thing I remember, the use of lighting in this film, uh, the shadow work in this film, the, the incredible sort of, I guess, idea of this upside down world and these button eyes and, and the, the horror that was created with Coraline. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, for me, it is kind of like uh, somehow with, Later on in life, I discovered all of these writers and, and directors that I watched another one of their films and went, oh, okay, this mm-hmm. kind of seems familiar. And then I go back and, and yeah. both of those is Henry Selleck uh, with obviously a, a Nightmare Before Christmas. I watched that ages ago mm-hmm. and I loved it. And later on watched Coraline and then kind of went back to it and went, hang on, I know this style before and there it is. And it's the same with Neil Gaiman. Uh, yeah. I was reading a book by Neil Gaiman. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a sick book. It was a, it was the North myth- mythology book that he wrote. And I was like, this is an awesome book. And then I, I just Googled Neil Gaiman and turns out he is a very famous writer and he has done a <laughs> number of things that I've seen in the past. And I was just blown away. Um, cause that's when I discovered he did the, the, I guess the English dub for both princess man and okay. And also mm-hmm. wrote the book, like Caroline, it was just, oh God, like all of these just came together. It was incredible um, mm-hmm. how all of these films just, you know, there's these people that you work on it, they work on it and you see them later on and do all these other pieces of work and you're like, wow, this is so similar and then you don't realize and it comes up and it's, man, small world. Yeah. Um, but yes, no, Coraline, oh God, I don't know. I don't even know, man. It's like, I feel like this should be on everyone's list. I feel like this is a movie that everyone it, should yeah. see uh, because it's mm-hmm. just fucking spectacular. I hadn't seen it before. I watched it for uh, this month of Four Favorites. And it was one of the quickest five stars I've ever given to a film. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that. Like that. It's just, it's perfect filmmaking. From beginning to end. Um, lots of endearing characters. And it's, it's terrifying. Like you said, it is. And out of, um, yeah. Out of all of the films that I've listed here, um, including some of the, the honorable mentions, Coraline's the one I haven't seen most recently but right. was the film I wrote down first, funnily enough. So when you That's asked me, an, yeah, hey, we're going to be like doing the... animated films, I sat uh-huh. there at my computer, I loaded up a note document, and I just started going, okay, what are my favorite animated movies? First dot point, Coraline. And when I, was, when I was then cutting out the films I didn't want to watch, I was also trying to go through Letterboxd to see if I've logged any of these films recently, and 
Um, I realized that Coraline was something I haven't watched in a couple of years, but is a mm. film that has stuck with me as I as iconic as it is. And I guess there's a number of, you know, internet like fads that have come along that have involved Coraline with like button eyes and the songs and everything like that and yeah. the actions. But yeah, yeah. Um mm. Coraline was funnily enough, the the film that I haven't seen uh ha- haven't seen in a while, but was the first film that I wrote. Um, I'm not saying it's my favorite. I'm not saying that any of these are my, like my number one. These are the best animated films, but I, I like yeah. every single one of these films for a different reason. So I'm not going to prioritize any of them and say that one of them is better than the other, but each one of these animated films are almost entirely different on not just an animation style, because I, you know, our, uh, Akira and Princess Simonoke are pretty similar in animation style and Fantastic Mr. Fox and Coraline are both very similar animation style, but they're so morally and thematically different with the same animation style. And that's what's wicked about animations is that you can have the same animation style, but you can have totally different themes in it. And that is what I like about these because they're so similar, but so different in so many ways. Yeah. You have two apocalyptic films with Princess Mononoke and Akira. One of them set in Neo Tokyo and a bunch of motorcycles. And the other one out in nature where you on the back, of a big old um, dog shooting um, arrows. So it's, it's, it's a lot in there. Lighthearted with Fantastic Mr. Fox with dark elements. The other way around with Coraline. It's dark, but has some lighthearted moments. Uh, so I feel like your list is, is super well balanced. And although it is just peering at, at one point of animation, you, you were mentioning the amount of possible variations in animation and <laughs> yes exactly and that's just a great thing about the medium that makes it one of my favorite genres we were talking about this all throughout the season if animation is just a genre or it's just a type of film because you can do pretty much anything in animation but whenever it gets utilized to the fullest to for me it is like can you make it in live action and be as impactful then it shouldn't be an animated film it should be its own thing and stand on its own legs and I think all of your picks do that. I would never want a live ad- a live action adaptation of any of them. Um, so yeah, like I said, I could have just easily swapped this list with mine. And um, luckily, I think that brings us to the end of the season. I'm sad to be done talking about animation. Uh, we might need to revisit this and just do an extended list at some point later on. Let me uh, just talk about the B movie people. for like 30 minutes and do that. <laughs> and, well, maybe maybe that was a bad idea. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do it. <laughs> maybe but, we shouldn't do that. I, maybe we should do a whole season and get everyone to talk about the B movie for yes. each episode. Exactly. That would be a fun bit. <laughs> but we, just, we don't need to blow it here. So you keep it to yourself here. What you don't keep to yourself is your own list. Drop those in the comments below. And Lachlan, are you ready to uh, announce the next theme of the next four favorite season? That's going to happen in February. Uh, you want me to announce it? Well, no, no, no. I just... Because <laughs> I don't know what it is. It. You haven't told me yet. So <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, was just, I thought you were just going to tell me and I was going to make it up. But no, no, no. If you know what... Tell, tell me. <laughs> well... <laughs> You know, February is uh, a month of many themes, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess always on the second in the second week on I don't know what day it is usually. I'm terrible at this, but I think it's the 14th or something like that. I don't know. Valentine's Day happens around that, so we are talking about romance and rom-com films. That's going okay. to be our next subject. I gotta say, it was a bit harder to get some Oof. people back when I said like th- we got some uh, other topics lined up for the rest of the year. 
that are already planned out and scheduled. I won't leak them here unless you ask really nicely and maybe leave a like and subscribe. I, I might reconsider it. But yeah, with romance, I guess there's a stigma that it's it, it, maybe yeah. some lesser films, some more tacky films. But we're going to have a whole bunch of fun throughout February talking about some of our favorite romance films. And it's going to be no, no spoiler to anyone who's uh, watched a bit of the Quiet On Set podcast what some of my picks are going to be. Uh, a certain trilogy that is definitely going to appear. But I'll, I'll try and expand my horizon. Uh, so uh, also... Um, leave some suggestions down of what maybe I should catch up on um, some romance films for the next season. I'm really keen, Lachlan. Do you have, like with Coraline, already a film that's definitely going to make it onto your list that you can give us a sneak peek right now? And I've been stroked to death the whole year, but here's a romance film. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the joke all year since I've got this fucking Blu-ray 4K is just anytime we <laughs> reference a movie, we just, here it is. A movie. It's Morbius, a movie. The movie, not a movie. Movie of the year, Morbius. But yeah, that's that. Uh, you can um, go check out our main episodes. We'll be on a break for four favorites for January, but we'll be back in February. So uh, give uh, some of the other uh, videos on our page a watch. And uh, yeah, Lachlan, do you have any parting words for those watchers staying all the way to the end? That's all, folks. There's an animated quote. I don't know. <laughs> According to all known laws of aviation, there is no way a bee should be able to fly. <laughs> its wings are too small to get its fat little body off the ground. The bee, of Perfect. course, flies anyway because bees don't care what humans bees think is care. impossible. I love that. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's it. See you soon. <laughs>